What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Take a Lap Podcast, Heated Debate for the Average Sportsman, coming to you not live, but we're doing it live. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it right now, live, but you're it's not gonna be live for you. In any event, we're gonna be talking about the uh, blockbuster Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff swap. Uh, followed by some game picks for the big game this Sunday. Uh, trademark to hell, but I think we can call it the Super Bowl here. I'd say it's pretty safe for an organization of our size. And with that, I'm going to kick it over to Danny to give his thoughts on the Matthew Stafford blockbuster. Danny? So kind of you to start with me. Listen, man, I <laughs> I don't know, man. This trade is just so, like... Oh wait, we should we should remind the listeners. The terms of the deal uh, was two future first round picks, a 2021 third round selection, and quarterback Jared Goff in exchange for quarterback Matthew Stafford. All right, listen, I'll say this. Jared Goff is terrible. So I we we get all that. That's not like I don't think anyone's going to challenge me on that. I see People keep saying, oh, who's the winner? Who's the loser? Obviously, it's too early to say that. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say in five years, we will look at this trade and neither of these teams will be seen as winners. With the Rams, I I just – the whole move – you know, everyone loves to talk about how the Rams are genius. Oh, you know, you're trading all these first-round picks for, you know, proven proven commodities. You see, you can't – you can't – that doesn't – it doesn't work forever. It just – it doesn't. They're going to – their last first-round pick was Jared Goff, 2016. Their next first-round pick is going to be, what, like 2024? That kind of team building, you don't see it. And you know why? Because it's not sustainable. And go, going – Well, especially going because – especially because – wait, just let me say one thing. Especially because when you consider what they've done with a lot of these trades, you now have to think about the fact that they're committing over $100 million of their cap to six players. The cap that's being reduced next year down to $175 million. So they've got – Six guys making a hundred million, and then they've got forty-seven guys making seventy-five million, and that doesn't quite add up, in my opinion. Yeah, no, right on. And it's like you know when you trade for guys like you know Jalen Ramsey. Uh, who else have they traded for in the last? Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, I don't know. They they made yeah. Too many they, they, they keep they made they made the massive trade up the board for Jared Goff, and they signed him to that huge extention. They made the Ramsey trade. Now they made it's the Stafford trade. It's going to catch on the two bonehead sure wide receiver contracts. Yeah, it, yeah. Robert Woods exactly. and like Cooper Cup. They keep, like yes, it's great to get you know a return on your investment in the short term. But like Brian said, it, it's it's going to catch up to them. And the Stafford move just I don't want to. It, it feels desperate to me. It doesn't. It just this this is the kind of team that. I just the Rams. You know, it's probably going to get him into the playoffs again. Well, I mean, they made the playoffs this year. That's why I say again. But like. I, can you really see Matthew Stafford? Listen, I've been very critical of him. He's certainly an upgrade over Jared Goff, but I don't see him as the guy who's going to put you over the edge, especially when he's eating up so much. I mean, he's not making, it's like Andrew said, six players, you know, a hundred some million and Stafford's only going to, the Rams, yeah, between yeah, Jalen the Rams Ramsey, are in Aaron cap Donald, space. The Rams are in cap space hell as it is. And they don't, you know, they're lacking in draft capital. They can't like sign any marquee free agents. So they kind of are what they are. When you look at their roster now, that's what they're going to have to win the Super Bowl with. And I, I just – I don't – because that's the goal when you make this kind of trade. They're going all in on a Super Bowl run. And Matthew Stafford, I, I don't – what's his record? Like like five and like 50 against teams with a winning record? I don't think he can win the big one. He's never – he's been to, what, one playoff game. He's won zero playoff games. 
I just he's been to two playoff games. Okay, well he's lost both of them. Okay, and yeah, just like nine and seventeen, he's lost right. both of them. Yeah, except Mitch Trubisky has played what in like one fourth as many seasons as Matthew Stafford, or one, you know. But that's beside the point. The point is, I don't think the Rams. Their goal, how they win this trade, is they win a Super Bowl with Stafford. And I see a two-year window at most. You know, Brady's not going anywhere. The Packers will certainly be back. You know, the 49ers, they're going to reload too, and they might upgrade at quarterback as well. And they're in the same division. So I just – I don't see uh, – the, the end goal for them is to win the Super Bowl. I don't see that happening with Stafford. And as for the Lions, they got a haul in return for Stafford. You know, good for them. They're probably going to blow it with all those draft picks. I'd like to see them trade up for a quarterback because we all know Jared Goff stinks. But he'll probably be the starter there for at least a year before a new guy inevitably comes in. I mean, if the Lions can hit on those picks – that would be pretty big, but you know those picks will probably, like I said, the, the Rams have like a two-year window, so they'll probably be those will probably be picks in like the twenties, so like the end of the first round. I don't see the Lions, you know, getting a huge return on those. You know, they're historically bad at drafting, so we'll see. I just I see this as a lose-lose for both teams ultimately. So, I will take a somewhat contrary position as a Lions fan. Um, what I'll say is, Stafford, wait, 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 Andrew, Andrew, you mean part-time Lions fan? Well, yeah, part-time Lions fan, part-time Giants fan. But I, I know yes, my, I yes, know my yes. Lions stuff pretty well. Um, certainly better than most of the other contributors to the pod, I would say. Um, in any event, I think that a lot of what's been said about Stafford on this show, especially mainly by Danny, uh, has been extremely critical. He's not widely regarded in a whole lot of league circles because of where he's played, because Detroit is kind of the bottom feeder of the NFL, as we all know. Very sad for me to say as a fan, but it is what it is. You know, arguably a worse franchise than the Jets. Um, and we've certainly wasted Stafford's career to a grand extent. I'm ecstatic to see him go to the Rams because even if they are proving themselves to be somewhat desperate and they are almost setting themselves up for long-term failure, I'm extraordinarily excited to see Stafford play under a proven and excellent head coach in Sean McVay. I think he's going to do great things. I think we're going to see some of the best football of his career here as he gets healthy and plays for a competent coach with actual surrounding talent. Because despite what Danny has said, the Rams have a high caliber roster. They might be overpaying for certain players, but they had the best defense in the league last year. Most of those guys are still under contract. They've got a solid receiving core, even if it is vastly overpaid. And Cam Akers has really, really showed out towards the end of last year. Their offensive line is fine. I think the Rams have a lot of potential with Stafford. I think they're certainly a contender next year. And I'm very, very happy as a longtime Lions fan to see Stafford go to a place where he actually has a chance to win something before his career is over. With that being said, I agree with Danny that the window is extremely short because eventually all this trading and paying is going to catch up to them. Uh, What they've done with their salary cap is not ideal. I don't, quite understand what happened to Les Snead because he was doing a really good job building that team and then it's almost like the last couple seasons he decided to just say like fuck it whoa, and start whoa, whoa, whoa. trading signing sorry screw it trading signing drafting like he just does whatever he wants now like it's a Madden sim which is kind of stupid in my opinion uh, so they've got about two years to really succeed and then I think they're basically done uh, and hopefully Stafford will succeed at some point in that time frame because I love the guy. He's a great quarterback, great guy. As for the Lions situation, it's a little bit murky for me. I was excited about the new hires. You know, I thought 
we might get some juice brought into town by you know the the, the madman Dan Campbell. The dude, you mean <laughs> and, the dude? Uh, the dude, the football guy, the football guy of the generation, and Dan Campbell is going to bite off some guys' kneecaps and other shit like that. Uh, and I was excited enough about the general manager hire. It was just nice to see somebody young, somebody different, a good shakeup for the organization. Then I saw this trade, and I was kind of like, eh, because, as Danny said, I'm really not sold on Jared Goff. Um, and the way that his contract is structured, for those who don't know, he's got about two seasons worth of guaranteed money before the Lions can realistically get out of his contract, which means he's, he's essentially guaranteed a roster spot this year, and it's extremely likely that he'll have one next year. So I don't really see them going quarterback this year. I think this is going to be a pure rebuilding season which I'm fine with. And I really like the draft pick haul. I'm just concerned that maybe the new GM's ties to LA sort of got the Rams a discount almost because Goff is just not it, in my opinion. Um, with that being said, I think securing two firsts and a third is pretty fantastic, given the fact that the entire league knew that he was on the move. You know, it's not as though it was a secret or anything. So I was pretty happy with that. I'm hopeful the new regime will draft better than the old regime. And I have to see it as a win-win because Stafford's going to have a real chance to win a Super Bowl, which is something every Lions fan would love to see. And Why? He's done you know, nothing for you guys. Lions get decent value. You want, dude? Okay. Stafford is a, oh, great, he's a guy. great guy. He's stop, 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 no, because this is a completely Danny, separate you don't, debate. No. You don't get this. You don't. You don't get this, Danny, because you root for a team that's actually had some success. You're joking, in the last right, decade. dude? The Bears have been in Detroit, like, right there with the Lions. The, the Bears, Bears and Lions been, are on the same and, level for success. Okay, the past historically 10 years. speaking, yes, the Bears are significantly better than the Lions. The last, the last, the, the Bears last are a better organization Bears. than the Lions. Here's here's all we have to root for. Here's here's all we have to root for in Detroit. All we have to root for is our star players because the rest of our team can't hack it year in and year out. That's why we're all rooting so hard for Calvin Johnson to get into the Hall this year. You know, we want to see success for our guys. We want to see Stafford win a Super Bowl. That's what Detroit fans want. And at the same time, we're happy, I'm happy at least, with the haul we get. I think there's a lot that we can do with two first-round picks – or, excuse me, with four first-round picks in the next two years. All right. I think Andrew, that's let, me tell you, let me tell you something. Oh, right. hold on, hold on. Real, real, real quick, real stop, quick. Stop, stop, stop. No, just, just let me add something real quick. Perfect time for me to jump in. Andrew, here are some of the Lions' recent first-round picks. Eric Ebron, Lakin Tomlinson, Taylor Decker. Yes, we know. Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn. It's a Bob new GM. Quinn. It Bob Quinn. You can't hold those against him. Bob Quinn. Yeah, that's a stupid argument. I don't care. The Lions are historically bad at drafting. Uh, listen. That's so uh, – okay. Stop. Okay, stop. okay stop. Just, no, no, no. Danny, that's – No, 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 no. no, 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 eventually if you keep hiring bad gms over and over and over it's a pattern danny it's a new owner it's a new owner a new gm and a new head coach okay. give him a damn well chance. i'm just saying if i was a lions fan i'd have no hope all right all right I, stop, stop how do you uh, tell anybody to have no hope to give their say on this topic you guys we know where you stand now uh, first off, I, I don't understand your logic, Danny, of, oh, well, they drafted bad in the past with a completely different staff. Like, so because they've historically drafted bad, that means they can never draft good in the future? No. That's just that, – that's completely illogical. But – The Chiefs yeah, were but bad for years this, before I, they drafted I think the Lions. Lions are definitely more likely to be looked at as the winners of this trade down the line because, I mean, they, they got a, a – okay, well, first off, 
they weren't in a situation where it was like like the Lions with the team they had with Matt Stafford. They they're not like a threat to go on some playoff run anytime soon. There really was no sacrifice. They're basically just admitting, okay, we we you know screwed the pooch again with whenever our most recent window was to be good. So it's time to to rebuild. We're gonna you know accrue more draft picks, which I mean they got a, a pretty decent haul. I mean, and we're just gonna you know suffer with Jared Goff's contract. Obviously, he's not like their quarterback <clears throat> of the future. That's just the price to pay for those draft picks and yeah for the lions it depends can they make the most of those draft picks you know can they bring in good players because if they do it's it's a complete win for them um as for the rams i don't my my biggest thought is like okay obviously yeah they're going all in and it's like me personally i like the rams aren't a team who i'm like man if they're just one big trade away from like you know being big time like super bowl favorites i mean i look at I look at teams like, who was who, who was holding back who was holding back the Rams last year. No, no, no. There's and only I'm getting, one position. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting to that point. I don't look at the Rams as like, oh man, like if Jared Goff, like obviously that would help, but I don't, I don't see Matt Stafford as like some just, you know, super like elite quarterback. And this is the problem with the whole NFL world. Matt okay, Stafford but let me let me just say this. My biggest takeaway: the pressure is on Sean McVay. Every, like if he is half the coach that everyone was crowning him in 2018 when he you know took the Rams to the Super Bowl and you know that like everyone just he, he just gets the, there's just this narrative that he's just like the next generation of NFL coach. Well, he is uh, if he doesn't if he get I yeah, mean he oh, is that's what I'm saying. If, if his he sti- his style is, is then this team will at the very least go to the NFC Championship and they the pressure is on to at least I would say go to the Super Bowl because. What excuse does he have now? Now that scapegoat Jared, scapegoat Jared Goff is out of the picture, he has what many people the only consider thing, like the only thing an elite injuries. quarterback or at least close to it. Matt Stafford, he's got a, a great run, uh, young running back in Cam Akers. He looks fantastic, you know, in the especially in that playoff game against Seattle. He looks great against Green Bay. He Bro, let's, let's not call let's not call position. Jared Goff the scapegoat. Let's make no. He, sucks. he was let's make he no was mistake. the scapegoat for Sean McVay. Everyone knew he wanted. He wanted uh, bro, Jared Goff. He got his upgrade. He's bro, out of excuse. Was... Whoa, 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 Look, guys. Look, everybody. Look, the guy who calls everybody scapegoats on the Bears. Oh, wait. On another team. Yeah, but hold on. Just let me finish. Yeah, it's almost like I yeah, evaluate each situation differently. No, no, no. They have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. That's more than a uh, you know serviceable receiving core. He's got all kinds. He's got arguably the best corner and best overall defensive player in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They are a very complete team. But at the same time this year, I just never looked at them, and I, I was, like, you know, super scared. Like, when – I mean, Danny, you can't say that they were, you know, some great team because you said, oh, Green Bay got such an easy playoff matchup. No. Okay, that's because Tem- Cooper Cup was hurt. Aaron Donald played 10 snaps. And Jared Goff, who already – He played more than 10. That's simply stuff. not true. He played more than 10. Okay, but that, that's beside the point. The point is, if Sean McVay is everything that, you know, the NFL world says he is, the pressure is on. He has to win a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford in my opinion, or he's just win yes. it. No, oh, you don't understand. Too, too. This is it for the Rams. Like the fact that they have not had a first round pick since Jared Goff and they still won't have one until 2024. That is going to catch up to them when this team is, you know, aging out of the league. Aaron, Aaron Donald's not like young. He's got, he's like 29. Same with Matt Stafford's old, you know, they're not going to, they're going yeah, to have, their window they, they have no future. Small. Yeah. They have no future. That like the pressure is on Sean McVay. If he is this, he has been like talked about like one of the top coaches in the league. Well, this is his chance. He his scapegoat and Jared Goff is gone. He got his upgrade at quarterback. There's no more excuses. My takeaway is all right, Sean McVay, you have the team 
like you have all the tools at your disposal. This is as good as it's going to get for you for a while. They don't have the assets to go and, you know, make more big, you know, big upgrades. What do you got for us? You're such an elite coach. Go prove it. At the very least, I want to see the Rams in the NFC championship or they, I don't know if they lost the trade, but they blew it. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, and and one one other thing I'd like to note before Sean gives his take and we move on is just how fast Sean McVay decided to kick uh, kick Jared Goff. Well, he doesn't like him since day one. Who says that? There's always been this speculation around the league where Jared Goff and Sean McVay didn't see eye to eye on like anything. Because Jared Goff, I don't know, man. I just here's here's my only here's my thing though. When you're running an organization that is largely successful, you know, the Rams made the playoffs this year. They made it to the divisional round this year. They made the Super Bowl two years ago. They put up three points. I think it's still, though, I think it's a little disrespectful and also maybe a little bit short-sighted by management and ownership to just allow the head coach to be like, no, 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 no. I'm done with this guy. Give me someone new. Like, I I don't know. I I feel like – if I'm management, I might not give him what he wants. Oh, you know, they have so much at their disposal otherwise. Listen, so here's my take on all of this. So th- this whole Sean McVay, uh, here, here's I, why I think the NFL people think of Sean McVay so highly. It's because he created a system like the zone run and that sort of defense and like a defense mentality. You can win with defense and you can win with mediocrity quarterback play. And, and it showed this year. Honestly, if you think if you think about it, they put up, what, like 20-something points in Seattle when they went there, like, how can you not say, wow, great job by Sean McVay there? Like, it, you have to give him some credit towards some of this, at least. But, so, on the actual trade aspect of this, I think you guys are all giving the Rams a way too small of a window. I would say, I mean, all these guys are locked up in deals for at least three to four years. Like, all the key guys. Yeah, and they're so all, if you think like, about it, they have at approaching least... the wrong side yes, of 30. But, but depth matters. No, that's, that's not exactly what it is. Aaron Donald's literally turning 30 this spring. The problem is that depth matters. And no, the way that they structured all these contracts pushes the guaranteed money down the line. Depth is going to be critical if they want to make a deep run. And in a year or two, sure, they might have the top 10 guys on the roster under contract. But beyond that, and that's And that's, that that's what I wanted of. to bring up. One thing I think you guys, guys also keep forgetting about, like, we look at, look think about this like the 49ers right very 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 similar to what the Rams were great defense they run that run zone scheme didn't have a great quarterback and injuries just riddled them one by one this year and and to be honest they didn't even turn out to be god awful I mean they obviously didn't make the playoffs but if the Rams like the Rams get any injuries they are in such big trouble it's a very it, it will be a mess. Is. And and that is a very big concern when you're giving up first exactly. round picks. Like, this, like when you have guys that are getting older, Rams, that's going to be a very big concern. Their future and that like that rarely works. All right, their team they were think, already think, in okay, they were so already think, in dire need of an infusion of youth. All right, they got Andrew Whitworth, you know, like Aaron Donald. Now you got Matt Stafford, Robert Woods. You no, know, yeah, Rob. Like Cooper Cup is going to be like he's like already like he's approaching thirty already. Believe it or not, like I, I just I don't, I'm so. Yeah, I didn't like those. I didn't like the wide receiver signings, but I mean, so here's the deal. Right now, I think Les Snead believes. I, I, to be honest, I won't like bank off of Les Snead. I think he's not that bad as a GM. I think he likes doing big moves, which can eventually affect him. But I don't think he's really looking that deep. But the point is this: I think he's trying to make a massive splash. He's trying to get the compete because if you think about it, 
this division, if you if you aren't on your A game, you go seven and nine, you're gonna be dead last. Like just straight up. This isn't like the NFC East where you can win it, obviously, at seven and nine. Or even like even that, I don't know, the NFC North where like seven and nine, all you gotta win is flip two games and you're competitive for the two seed. So like the the point is this. He made a big splash. I don't discredit him for that. I think he he understood he needed to do something considering they had such a small window. I, I just don't I, I'm just a little too concerned on how much money is getting played into all of this. I think his signings of Cup and Woods throughout this all season or during this season actually were kind of too were, were too much. Now to the Lions. Jared Goff is not going to do anything there, quite frankly. He couldn't do with anything the Lions, in Los Angeles. Why do, why, do we, why do we think yeah, – what, what is he, he going to do in Detroit with, with no one? I mean, I, I don't think anybody's really expecting him to do a whole lot. I, I honestly don't hate the move for the Lions. I have a feeling that, you know, the Rams were trying to get rid of Jared Goff more so than the Lions were trying to acquire him. I have a feeling that this was more – a swap out of necessity because obviously the Rams couldn't have taken on Stafford's salary without getting rid of Goffs and they weren't going to cut yeah, him, obviously. you know, so, so it left them here. I don't think the lions are really expecting to get elite production from Goff. I think they see, Oh, here's a quarterback that will, you know, keep the fans watching for this season until we get a better and guy. The, next and year that's and the problem. On from see, here's the deal. You, we see all so many coaches get fired after two, three, four years. Because the first few years, there's not that hint of like you look at it and you go, you know what? Maybe we got something here. Like with Joe Judge, a lot of even though they went what, what did we win? Six games this year, seven games? I don't know. Six and six ten. And ten. All right. So they go six and ten, but I mean, everyone's like, you know what? They competed. They worked hard. Like all this stuff. You look at the Lions roster. It's kind of like, listen, all right, we're just think there. about the Lions. Listen, like, we're just there. They, there's no, there's they're listen, old. They're yeah. not good. Yeah, but. But they made it. They made a six-year commitment, though. It's it's different when you sign a guy to a deal that's that long. Yeah, it's it's not. Here's you know, what I'll say. It's, it's like here's the what I'll say about think, the Lions. Like you think Dan Jared is Goff, save you? As long as Jared Goff is starting a quarterback no with this roster right now, their ceiling is six and ten. It it just is. What the Lions oh, well, need? Yeah. No, here. I think I think that's Listen, obvious though. What I don't the think Lions need? They need a young that. star at quarterback. They need to take a big swing. No, draft. No. give me. Trey Lance to the line. No, that's exactly no. what they no, need. No, no, they need. No. Okay, Danny. Better no, question. Then. What's going to happen to the rest of the roster no, when Trey the Lance Danny. and Jared Goff? Danny, are fighting no, Danny for a always spot. talks about. Oh, you can't throw a QB into the fire right I away. I didn't say and he's starting right away. You need something. No, no, no. See, no, no, no. I agree with Danny here. As the Lions fan, I I agree with Danny. It depends on how the board falls, though. There's so many talented quarterbacks this year. I'm not going to waste Andrew, the capital no, that we just acquired. I'm glad you said Moving that. up for somebody. But, but, wait, wait, wait. Let me say this. Let me say one thing. If a Trey Lance, Trey Lance will be or a Justin Fields falls into the lap of the Lions, okay, that is a player that they really have to consider taking. I don't even like Justin Fields. But taking a swing on a guy that can Bingo. sit for two years behind even a mediocre player like Jared Goff, Gives the Lions some sizzle. A you little really bit down think the when they're three and t- three and ten with three games left in the season, that he's right, just still going to be thing. sitting behind bum Jared Goff? I think. Listen, I think if Dan you, Campbell's smart, yes. Dan Campbell's yeah, listen, electric. Me, he's going to try me, and do let, everything listen, possible. I to would win. say look, I'm already looking ahead. I, I'd honestly, in the Lions' circumstances, it'd probably be more beneficial to wait a year. But looking ahead, this this quarterback class is much better than the 2022 quarterback class. In my opinion, it's it's still early, but and you're picking no, no, it you're is, picking, it's 100%. like the the Lions are what seventh overall, like that's still like 
Yeah, yeah they're, exactly. they're picking and high enough a, that they probably an unusual won't supply, have to move up. Supply right. of like quality prospects for the quarterback position. If you're the Lions, you need someone to inspire confidence in your fan base. Something for the players to buy into. Something for the organization to build around. And I'm, I'm Jared Goff. You, come on, you can't like. Yeah, you're gonna have, probably have. Just, just let but me Danny, say, hey, how hey, stupid hey, hey. would right, that be? No, that that would be the smart move to make. Just just think about this for a second. Think about the Lions' long-term future. Trey Lance falls into their lap with this pick. Sure, they could take senior Devontae Smith, who's you know two years older than every other receiver in the class. Sure, they could take somebody else at a skill position. Sure, they could take Kanai Sewell if he falls that far. But here's the situation that they're in. Here's the situation that they're in. If they see a quality quarterback on the board that they don't have to move up to take, which I'm not saying is even going to happen, but if it does, and if a Trey Lance is sitting there and they're sitting there, you have to think long-term, if I pull the trigger on this kid now and let him sit for all or most of this year, next year I've got two first-round picks. Bingo. The year after that I've got two first-round picks. That's two weapons I can put around him at least, plus two tackles I can put in front of him plus more picks that I can put into the back end of the uh, defense. I'm just, I'm, I think it's a here's, here's my thing, Andrew. I'm just so concerned because uh, now I'll the only comparison to like the last time in the NFL where I've been like, wow, this team is going to be awful this year. And they proved it wrong, obviously. Brian Flores did one hell of a job in Miami, and he completely turned around the roster literally a year, which is just unbelievable for him. But I don't think the Lions are in that situation. Unless this GM and Dan Campbell are as, are as legit as Brian Flores and whoever their GM is, I, I Listen, really don't see this like becoming I'm a really all great about option. Getting your bang for your buck with your draft capital, trading down, accumulating picks. Quarterback is the one position where you just go get your guy. You take the big swing. If the Lions fall in love with a with a quarterback prospect, you do whatever it takes to go get him. You already are picking like pretty high. It's not like you're gonna have to. You know, I like how we went from talking about the trade, though. What do the Giants, or the Lions, do at seven? Well, it's it's a we pretty relevant. It, no, it's a relevant question because Jared Goff. This like, has nothing to do with the it's trade. A, it's a question. No, no but Jared it's a Goff is relevant to who it has will everything win the, to trade. Do with the trade. But I think I think no, it's not because we listen, they're it not. No, no, this has nothing. To this do has the trade nothing. To everybody do with knows the, the Lions did not. When you're going for your quarterback of the future as a rebuilding team, like. The fact that they tra- they they received two first round picks in the third, they are literally acknowledging we are getting a major downgrade at quarterback. He is not the future. How they go about getting their future quarterback, no, I that will help in, determine in... who wins the trade because you have to look at things holistically. It's like think about the old Odell Beckham trade, right? Like you don't think about that grading it now and be like, oh yeah, they got Beckham and two first round picks. No. They got, you know, they gave away Beckham. They got back Jabril Peppers and Dexter Lawrence and, you know, somebody else like and Kevin Zietler. That's how you think about it when you're grading it. And so down the line, what we're going to think about is. But but these these picks. But 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 you look at the cap space too. think about the Giants. The Giants got in trouble because we paid Odell way too much money. Same with Jared Goff. Is that going to affect them? All I'm saying is, yeah, no, they're going to in Jared Goff's. Yeah, Jared Goff's introductory press conference. They're gonna try to sell it as, "Oh yeah, he's our guy. Like we really like him." But no, the Lions, if they're if they're if their new management is smart and they're actually worth a damn, they they have their eyes on the draft. They're picking Jared Goff will probably start at least a year, but you can't like how how do you get if I you're in the locker Jared room? Goff. How can you buy into a coach's vision if it's like, yeah, Jared Goff, he is our guy. I mean, I mean not here's like, the thing, yeah. 
in a way, in my opinion, at least, the Lions got a value for Jared Goff. He is not a bad NFL passer. So, wait, wait. No, no he's no, a no, bad. No, Danny, no, Danny no, are you saying that every team sucks, has no fight if their quarterback is one bad like No, no golf, no golf. No, Danny, I'm not saying, podcast, I'm not saying he he's sucks, elite. Right? I'm saying he's better than. No, and I'm saying he's okay. terrible. Okay, but hold on, Danny. They don't need the players to buy into yeah, Jared but... Goff. Like, you think this year all the Panthers players were like, oh, we have bought into Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to okay, be our I'll quarterback take, for the – like, no, they're not even supposed to win right now. I'll take – no, 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 no. I'll take Danny, Teddy – You're telling me that Teddy Bridgewater is a better passer in the NFL than Jared Goff? We're not on the same Bro, planet. I'll take Teddy Bridgewater fresh off his ACL surgery. <laughs> okay, you're deluding yourself then, but sure. Anyways, with Dude, that, golf? with that – Let's go. I don't know. I like table, Teddy Bridgewater, but that's a whole other losers, And then we're going to move into our quick segment on Super Bowl predictions and conversations. No, we've, we've already we've made our thoughts clear. We can go right to the Super no. Bowl segment. We Both are losers. That's my for the listeners. Danny's got a you Danny's can't got a lose lose situation. I'm firmly in the win win tier. Sean and Brian. Wow. Uh, I will say if the Rams win this win a Super Bowl with Stafford, they win the trade. So probably they lost. And the Lions have a good chance at winning as long as they they use their um the the draft capital they accrued uh they they pick some good players I mean unless they completely botch the the picks I think and they Sean win. as long as the as long as the Rams stay healthy I, that's a win for them personally like as like a whole team because there's really not I mean there's no excuses by then but the uh, the Lions I I don't know it's just the Lions I, I can't imagine saying the Lions won anything in a trade ever but I. We'll see. We'll see how long it takes. We'll see how bad these draft picks are so valuable. I'm not a big draft guy. To I'm be a honest, big draft. But guy. Again, I'm, I probably am wrong. I don't follow the out. draft that much because a lot of bust. But we're, that's a whole nother debate. So I would have right now, as long as everyone stays healthy, win. Wow. Rams, so we've got four different lines. opinions. But again, that's different. very debatable. Certainly going to be something to keep an eye on forward into 2021, 2022, and beyond. And with that, We'll move into our segment on some brief Super Bowl thoughts and predictions. Obviously, we all know the big game is coming up this Sunday. I believe that's the 6th of February. Um, maybe it's the 7th. I'm not sure. The 7th of February. It'll Seven. be played down in Tampa Bay between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we'll go ahead and kick it off with Danny giving us some thoughts on the Super Bowl. Well, I, I know we'll hit on at least uh, – Predicted winners, predicted MVP, and uh, final score. I think that's a pretty fair trio of things to give. I'll say this. The Bucks were not supposed to beat the Saints. They were supposed to get killed in, at Lambeau by the Packers. I don't think anyone said that game would be a blowout. Did, I don't like, think anyone said hey, the Saints hey, were are, supposed is your, to beat yo, the Bucks. Yo, Yo, is, we're yeah, not is getting on the no, we're not, but no. Game, I, just I, keep is your name along. Danny? Danny, let's keep going. Keep trying. No, but like, why, why do we have to promote the false narrative? No, I don't appreciate like massive I'm trying to make my point, like, all right? Hey, listen, stop with the narrative. Listen, stop it. The Bucks. people were even, there were even whispers like, oh, they might even lose to the football team. Oh, for fuck. They got baby. over that. They, they knocked out Drew Brees. They knocked out Aaron Rodgers. They were supposed to lose both of those games. Now they're here in Super Bowl 55. First team to ever play a, a, fo- a Super Bowl in their home a football stadium. game in their home. That's <laughs> very special. That listen. Oh, Bucks so people special. keep you sound people like, keep you bet- sound like Troy Aikman trying. I mean, to it's cool, but like yeah, they had no control off. over whether or not it was in their stadium. Listen, everybody 
listen, everybody's been bet, betting against the Bucks and Brady the whole way. They said it never worked. It's, oh, this is, you know, this is Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, you know, in Brooklyn. Like, no. Tom Brady is so, so special. I mean, taking, a, taking he has taken a franchise. Oh, my God. That has not won a playoff game since 2003. They have historically. That's so. They're the losingest franchise in NFL history. They, this organization is a bunch of bums. It just, it just is. Tom yes. Brady, Mike they, Evans, they bum. Chris Godwin, bum. Levante David, bum. They acquire system bum. QB Tom Brady, Tristan Wirfs, bum. All the 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 Bucks, they skipped the the whole team building thing. They're in the Super Bowl now. They've been bet against the whole way. Everyone's gonna, you know, you guys are gonna laugh. Maybe you won't laugh. I think you guys know deep down, Brady is getting his seventh Super Bowl ring on Sunday, and I'm here for it. You know, you can say, oh, well, you know, the Chiefs, this, they do this better. They're more talented in this area. I don't care. The Bucks were supposed to lose two weeks ago. They were supposed to lose the week before that. I'm not having it. I'm all in, pushing all my – I'm I drinking the Brady, see, I... the Bucks Kool-Aid. They... All right, wait, wait, wait. Let me just give – Let me. I feel like since I was obviously directed at me, I should reply. I will hey, say, listen, I, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not just going to give can you we, all can the we bullshit. Just, can we just say one brief thing, though? Hang on. Brian, Brian, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Can I just say one thing really quick? I don't recall anybody saying the Saints were a guaranteed win over the Bucks, except for Danny, who only said it. Hey, also, 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 while, while we're on lose. that subject, while we're on that subject, I would like to say <laughs> I went four zero that last podcast right, right, listen, on predictions. Just what, saying, listen, okay, to, to address what Danny said and give my own prediction, like what Tom Brady has done this season, he he has played well. I mean, for for his age, I mean, he really he is doing things that people like me said he couldn't do at this age. But at the same time. I mean, if you made playoffs, but 47 touchdowns. Like Aaron Rodgers had 48, just the regular season passing. But um, the point is, the I mean, listen, we're not. Yeah, and he's so much better. Listen, than no, we're not is, getting into this. No, we don't have Andrew, like. No. Okay, can we give some respect? Like, I, I I don't think Tom Brady would like you saying, "Oh, it's a bunch of bums." Like the Bucks were a good team. They and they are a good team, and they they're a very complete team, and they deserve credit. Like, you can't tell me a team. With, I mean, like, like, look, just look at that defense. Look at that offense. It's a very they they've they built up for if they had a slightly above average quarterback, aka Tom Brady. Like that team makes the playoffs last year if they don't have Jameis Winston throwing thirty interceptions. I mean, they're a solid like overall team, and the fact that they haven't been good since two thousand three is completely irrelevant because if you plug in any decent quarterback this year, they're making the playoffs. Like they had finally gotten out of their, you know two decade long slump of being horrible. And yes, Tom Brady was a help to that. I think just having him there kind of attracts guys like whether it be, you know, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy or Antonio Brown. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and act like a team that has, you know, they're going to draft worse regardless of Brady is there a, a team with worse, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, you know, Levante, David, Jason, Pierre, Paul, just I mean, all of their amazing you know, Vita Vea. Um, I, I can't even name every good player. You can go down the list. Everybody you just named is literally I mean, a great good player. Chris Godwin, Vea. Mike Evans, okay. great beards, huh? Antoine Listen, man, Junior. I'm not. They are a very no. Their names. They are a very. We can go down the list. Brady, I'm not trying to. I, I just think it's kind of sad. You're giving Brady all the credit, bro. I'm so sick of the excuses. All the you know what doing excuse? all these mental. No, sorry. Let me rephrase. I'm so sick of these mental gymnastics trying to, you know, credit anyone but Brady for his 
you know, continued success over we're going on well like over two decades now. And it's oh no, it's other people who they're the reason. You know, the Bucks are eight and eight last year. Give me a break, man. All right, this yeah, is- Jameis Winston led the league in touchdowns, dude. It's because he had th- okay. Tell me this: if you put plug in like a Matt Stafford on the Bucks this year, you don't think they make the playoffs? They don't make the Super Bowl. You don't think he could match Tom Brady's three interceptions in the NFC Championship game? Bro, I don't know. Listen, the point is, let me get to my prediction. I think I think we have two really good teams. The key matchup in this game is can the Chiefs tackles stop the Bucks? Absolutely electric edge rushers. I mean, that was the key difference in the NFC Championship game. They were able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and that's why they won the game. Um and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't watch film on Chiefs backup tackles, but I, I think Mahomes is a guy. I, I mean, can he? Even if they do play bad, can he overcome that? Maybe, but I think that makes it a really close game. But Mahomes also, I mean, with all the help Brady has, Mahomes probably has. I mean, we're looking at probably the two best supporting casts on offense outside of like quarterback, even though they're two very good quarterbacks. Like, I don't think you can tell me that. There's a better offense out there than the Chiefs or the Bucks when you pluck, even if you pluck out the quarterbacks. I mean, the, these are two stacked teams. I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring game, and I think it might be the type of game where it comes down to who has the ball last. But I, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, even though I think something insane like that is out of his control and lucky might go Brady's way, I'm riding with Mahomes. He's the good guy in this game. Brady's the villain. I think I think that he's the uh, the better player, and I think. <laughs> I haven't seen anything at this point in his career that says, yeah, I should bet against Mahomes. I mean, he, at this rate, if he continues this, if he continues to play even close to the level he's playing at right now for the rest of his career, he will go down as the best quarterback of all time. And, and that's, that's who I'm going to ride with in the Super Bowl at the end of the day. I mean, here's what I'll say, you know, Giants fan, on the on the other side of my Lions fan nature means that uh, I I'm not a huge Tom. Brady. Oh no, we like Tommy said, B. We always kick you know, his ass. We're good with him. With with that being said, I'm not like Brian. I'm not going to disrespect the guy who's clearly a top two quarterback in NFL history. And spoiler oh. alert, he's not two. Give me so Tim Brian Bruce. can shut up. In any event, we're not doing this. Tom Brady is Tom Brady is a great player. He's leading a great team in Tampa Bay. With that being said, you know, I know everybody who ever doubts Brady is always proven wrong immediately. I've doubted Brady before. I've been proven wrong time and again. But I think that this game is the beginning of the Chiefs dynasty and the beginning of the end of the Brady dynasty, which I know is a strong Don't say that. That's a jinx. I think – no, I think I think one way or another, I think whether or not the Bucks win, I think that's the situation that happens here because regardless of what happens, I think it's going to be a very tight game. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. My prediction is that Mahomes closes out the Bucks on a final drive field goal, game-winning field goal. That's my pick. Um, and I think that, you know, he rips out Brady's heart and stomps on it, and that's enough to – you know, send the old man out to the retirement home. But it, even if it's not, even if I'm wrong, because I'm not going to say that my prediction is right, even if I'm wrong, I think there's oh, just as good of a chance that Brady both. rips out Mahomes' heart and stomps on it. The thing is, 
Father Time, the thing is, Father Time waits for no man, regardless of what happens in this game. I think Brady begins his decline. Dude. I want to say next season, either next season or the season after. And I think Mahomes goes on to win at least two Super Bowls in the next five years. But focusing more on the here and now, Mahomes and the Chiefs take this game tomorrow. Uh, and it's mainly just because the, the Bucks are a good team, but it's kind of like they're just not quite good enough in my view. They're very good. They're very solid. The Chiefs' offense is a little bit better. Their defense is really good, but it's not that much better than the Chiefs. And the X factor here is going to be the Mahomes-Hill connection because as good as Mike Evans is, Brady doesn't have a game-breaker like Hill in Tampa Bay. And I think that Mahomes take, ends up taking the cake with Hill by his side. Yeah, so uh, me personally, I, I, this is the worst bet ever. It's like, you know, the two guys that they always tell you never to bet against, and I've done it time and time again. I mean, I had the Packers beating the Bucks last week. I had the Bills beating the Chiefs because I was delusional about that. So uh, they, those two always prove me wrong, and it, it's really frustrating because if I lose this one, it's going to just be a see-we-told-you-so sort of game either way where I go with this. But um, one thing I think – we forget about um, Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, has been better when he's in situations where he's under somewhat more pressure because he can escape and then make more like out of pocket plays. Sort of, if we've seen that, so he has like a sort of Russell Wilson type edge to him when he comes to that. So, I mean, if these guys can get to him and keep him inside the pocket, it can be a long Bro, game for missing, him. But I don't think it's going to happen. And um, I think. Yeah, I I know, I know. But I do think that, you know, the Bills did a good job with Lamar Jackson keeping him in the pocket, and they couldn't do anything with Patrick Mahomes still. So, I mean, obviously, those two are two different players. But still, I I just don't see how Patrick Mahomes loses. And, again, I really think Brady's – they finally learned how to play the Buccaneers, and maybe I'll be wrong because, quite frankly, they learned how to win games with Brady. They learned how to play his style. The defense stepped up. Right, so I'm gonna, but I just don't see Patrick Mahomes losing this. So right now I have Chiefs 31, Bucks 26. But I will say this, and I I know everyone knows I'm obsessed with this guy. If the Buccaneers win, Scotty Miller Super Bowl MVP. Hear it right now. Their fourth wide receiver over 100 yards if they win. There's he is the X throwback. Factor. If he throwback, can get over 100 yards, throwback to the time. Okay, okay. Here's the thing with Sean's takes. Throwback to uh, our preseason episode wherein Sean said. Dak Prescott would perform. Uh, did I say he was going to be out the last the two weeks? The Cowboys yes, I did. would proceed. The Cowboys would proceed to bench him. And look for what Andy happened. Dalton. And then Andy Dalton <laughs> and look would what play, happened. And then Andy Dalton would play so well that the Cowboys <laughs> would subsequently get rid of Dak Prescott because they didn't need him anymore. <laughs> look what happened. And they were just going to start Andy Dalton and one game away from the playoffs. Would play so like, well. Okay. By the way, I'm the only yeah, one. And then you just admitted that you we picked the Bills. So we want to talk about week one. Oh, you want to go wow. back to week one? Go ahead. Fine by me. Yeah, but still, I, we didn't have a take a podcast last week. But anyway, that's that's beside Crazy. that's besides the point. So uh, you guys start putting respect on Scotty Miller's name. I mean, he's an X factor. If he does well, the Bucks will do well. I also think. If the Buccaneers win, it will be anyone but Tom Brady. Wow! I didn't realize like and just I, here I, now. I don't know but I'm faulting him for this. Like they're just gonna give it to him if they win. Like there's no, I don't care how bad he plays, he will win the MVP. No, no, no. If the Bucks no, no. Win. So, I promise, dude. Julian Edelman won it last time. 
So do all of you do all of you think that like both quarterbacks, like whoever wins, I mean, it's, is guaranteed that it's, it's, it's pretty hard to win. Like, do all three of you think that? I I know, but I'm like okay, so last year, yeah. unless I mean, my thought was maybe Chris Jones goes. No, you need a touchdown. You need a touchdown in order for you to get the MVP. It just is what it is. But honestly, I mean, last year, besides at the end of the game when Damian Williams got a bunch of random garbage time touchdown and like yardage, so that's why everyone thought he should have won it last year. But, like, last year, there wasn't a clear favorite, so they were just going to give it to the quarterback, obviously. But, I mean, if they win, I, I truly think that either, like, I don't know, I think maybe Winfield might win it if he gets, like, a pick six or Scotty Miller. I, I don't know. I just don't want to see the two quarterbacks always winning. It's boring. It's bland. You know, I, I wish I wish some of the well, playmakers could okay, get some yeah. credit. I'm trying to think the last non-quarterback. I think, yeah. I think yeah, it was Edelman. Wasn't it Edelman? Edelman? The best yeah, Edelman. The, hey, Edelman won it. No, Von Patriots. Miller. No, no, no. The 28-3. against the Rams because that was the worst Super Bowl of all time. And they just had to give it to somebody. Oh, yes, yes. He didn't even score a touchdown in that game. They (laughs) – Honestly, like, at the end of the day, I'm sure we can all agree. We just want a good game. I don't want – Bucks, Bucks, win or bust. I don't want to see a cheat repeat. Yes, 100%. I think a repeat – it's not such a – we haven't had a repeat in a while. I could live with that. When's the last time okay, we had a repeat? Can, yeah, I would also be down with a repeat. I like I how you don't want a repeat, but you want to see Brady win his seventh <laughs> ring. As if, Bucks I, as if that's not repetitive. 20 years. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. But it's, it's, okay, <laughs> you, in your prediction, you probably said the Bucks once. All you <laughs> talked about was Brady. So, yeah, you clearly uh, – it's a very hypocritical, hypocritical statement to say, oh, I don't want to see a repeat when you want to see Brady win for the seventh time. Because we all know, whether you like it or not, like it's it's – it's not the Bucks for right, Super Bowl. It's Brady. That's how the media just is just like paint it, Andrew so. enjoys watching the Chiefs. I enjoy watching Brady. I like seeing him succeed. All right, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna hide from that. He's just Brady is. He we've never seen anything. I don't know like why, him, but ever will. It's because he's a Trump hey, supporter. Hey, Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew, Danny, by the way, weird, want, Danny has weird man crushes on. Andrew, I want to bring up. By the way, ten years ten years ago, guess what happened on this date. Uh, the Giants yep. beat Patriots. <laughs> We're getting uh, for the second. Wasn't that, what was that? Time. Super Bowl forty. Super Bowl forty. No, that was the first was one. Su- no, so forty-four. 44? No, that's 40... not ten years ago then. Forty. Yeah, forty-four. Ten. Ten no, years ago would be. It's twenty twenty-one. The Giants won in twenty twelve. So you said nine. Ten years ago today. Sure. Oh my bad. My bad. Nine years. Yeah. So forty-five. I don't know. I'm awful at math. But my point is this: I enjoy watching Brady lose every once in a while. It's not bad, but this—he's not in really an evil villain position right now, which is so frustrating. Because if you want to get mad, but what? it's kind no, of like when LeBron went back home to Cleveland. It's no, like, it's... you know, they're going up against the big. I don't bad think, I don't know. The Chiefs are not like the, the opposite what? of that. I no, the Chiefs. Brady, how is it no. anything like LeBron going? Back because I'm just to because Cleveland. I'm just saying Brady like they're likable now. They, they weren't likable at the old place they were at, and now they're somewhat likable. I'm now, honestly, like, I don't it's think obviously there is, not like, the same homecoming. A but, villain, like, still. like a consensus villain. I think, I mean, Brady's a pretty, like, obviously a lot of people will see the Bucks as a villain because of Brady, but I don't think the, it's not, it's definitely not like the Warriors or it's definitely not like, I think there's something, there's definitely something about Patriots. No, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, the but combination that's, that's of like the Brady and the Boston fans that made them very easy to cheer against. But I think he's a little less villainized than he usually is. But I, I would still say there's probably some people who think, oh, the Chiefs are the villain. They're, you know, the front runners, but, 
I, I would I would still I mean the Bucks are more of a villain than the Chiefs, but I would I wouldn't say it's like as villainizing as when he's on the Patriots. That's a worry. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I just hope for a good game. I'll put on my NFL hat. I'll just be a supporter of the NFL for the night. Just, <laughs> just my, nice, yeah, do a Rob Lowe sort of fun. stance and just wear, wear your uh, NFL hat to the NFC Championship game like he did two years ago. Wear, no, no, no. You wear, the, you wear the hat with the cans on either yes, side. Yes, good point. Good point. Like this. We're here for fun. We hope one everyone side, has not, fun. One side energy one, – one side ice cold uh, monster energy and the other side piping hot black car. All right. Here's, here's a good game. Like all right then. All right. I, I think that does. Oh wait, let's let's go around the horn. Let's go around Bucks, the horn. Bucks, Brady, thirty-one uh, twenty-seven. Winner, predicted MVP and predicted final score. Start with Danny. Yeah. All uh, right, Sean, thirty-one twenty-six. Mahomes, and yeah, that's it, right? Um. All right, perfect. Chiefs, yep, Mahomes. Do Brian. The. Uh, I'd say, you, dude, Sean, your uh, prediction was one point off. I could hear it. See, the thing about predicting, the thing about predicting, like, a really <laughs> but, yeah, but yours is like a different year. It's just like a fool if it doesn't happen. So I feel like the 30, the high 20 to low 30 range is the safe prediction. Uh, I'll say Chiefs win 27 24. I'll say Mahomes. I'll take, the, oh, who's your MVP? Oh, you said the homes. All right, I'll take <laughs> the Chiefs. Final drive field goal. Thirty-four. Then it's Harrison on Butker. Final drive field goal, and and I think I, I mean actually actually you know what I, I'm going to switch my MVP vote because I I'm switching hey, my hey, MVP hey, vote. Hey, it's, hey, it's now okay, it's actually, now. Who's throwing him those touchdowns? I think he'll have two to three touchdowns. Watch, watch. Okay, fair enough. Because I really wanted to pick Mahomes, but I wow. was y'all a bunch exactly. of exactly. We're things. losing our credibility. Uh, you guys picking non-quarterbacks. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> watch, watch. <laughs> now I'm taking. Yeah, I'm taking Mahomes. I'm taking Mahomes. I want somebody else. Chiefs are going to win. They're going to cover the spread. Patrick Mahomes. You're going to win. Pathetic. Throw a pair. In any event. There's your Take A Lot Contributors Super Bowl predictions. We'll see you guys back here after the big game to break it all down. And with that, we're going to sign off. Everybody stay happy, stay healthy. Trubisky's better than Stafford. And respect the truth. Drink a lot of whatever you drink during the